The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 14.20 in the morning for this 20th day of September 2023. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase at SeatGeek. Uh, remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and other podcasts as well throughout the Belly Up Media Network. And thank you to all those who uh, take time in their day each and every day to our listen to podcasts or watch our YouTube shows and remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it helps uh, create more shows and on and on and on and give us a five-star review. Uh, even if you don't think it's a five-star review or worthy of a five-star, give us a five-star review on whatever podcast uh, network you listen to on a daily basis. And all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters, thank you very much for all the, that you do on a daily basis. Before I get to the uh, top five list that I compiled for you for the uh, top five disappointments in uh, in baseball for the 2023 season, I want to get in onto uh, last night i was uh sitting what uh, watching the uh the who was what the oakland a's game last night one of the last times the a's are going to be playing they're playing the seattle mariners last night mariners still, are still in a, a playoff race trying to get the wild card spot i think i think that they'll, they'll get in because the rangers stink right now but uh the the uh the, the uh, notification came across the board there was no hitter alert once again uh in the seattle in the san diego game with the colorado rockies in san diego blake snell was on the hill he's going to win a cy young award for the san diego padres free agent going going to be a free agent right away for the uh in the national league and everything else so he's moving on he'll be moving on to different pastures i'm assuming especially after last night's display of uh complete stupidity once again by the san diego padres the guy's got a no hitter in the seventh he'll probably only get one or two more starts for your franchise ever again the way it turns out and if he if he has no more starts the padres season is is over they aren't they aren't going anywhere anytime soon they had a, a rough goal we'll get to that in half a second with the disappointing teams in major league baseball and they're one of them obviously but uh, Blake Snell was he he was uh, he was visibly uh, upset last night, shaken, not just stirred. I guess you would say that he was uh, getting pulled in the game to not not go out there for the eighth and to get a to get a, a no hit bid and every, on and on it goes. Second time in his career that's happened to him, and uh, he wanted to stay in the game. And I, baseball um, needs more guys like that. I'm not a big Snell fan. The way he talks, his his attitude's a bit much for me. For whatever reason, he rubbed me the wrong way a couple years ago, and uh, I, I I forgive, but I don't forget is one of those things. And the thing is with with Snell, he wanted to go back out there and uh, give uh, himself a chance for a no-hitter, give the fans a chance for a no-hitter, and there would be nobody watching that game on a national level or on any in network TV or anywhere else other than the greater San Diego area. People in in, uh, in uh, Denver, Colorado, they were already sleeping by that point because their, their season's been done since April. So when Snell wanted to go out there and should have been allowed to go out there for that no-hit bid uh, in the eighth and see where it could go, because what do the Padres care if he ever pitches then if he hurts his arm or whatever? What, what are you saving him for? He's doing nothing. Like I say, he's getting one more one maybe two more starts uh this season that's it and it just goes to show that the analytics staff of the Padres they have no idea what they're doing 
the feel for the game. They have no idea what they're doing. And it go it just showed that last night, uh, giving uh, the fans who were there for that game, the, the Padres faithful and their beautiful uh, brown pinstripe uniforms with the yellow trim. Uh, fantastic there. And uh, to, to pull a guy, you got to have a feel for the game. You got to have a feel for your fans and you got to have a feel for what goes on in the game of baseball. And the Padres showed, showed last night exactly who they are. And that's why their season's down the tank. We'll get to that in half a second, but um Kassar got this idea last yesterday. I was thinking about teams that uh, aren't going anywhere and how the season uh, is uh, winding down to a precious few days and the way it's going on. 11 more days left in the season and a lot of teams night night after night are getting eliminated from playoff contention. I mean, if you pretty much know who's in, who's out, who's not going and who who is. And so yeah, I got to this thing about who uh, thought thought they were going to the postseason this year and it just didn't happen for one reason or another. So I compiled a, because uh, it's funny how the uh, it's already the finger pointing. It didn't already start uh, two, two weeks ago or a month ago or a month and a half ago, whenever the trade, trade deadline was. Their finger pointing happens right then. So it's kind of funny how it's all coming to fruition now how teams that that thought they had a chance to do something this year and just didn't uh maybe an injury or two happened uh or guys underperformed or maybe they overrated how their season was going to go and i got to think i should do a top five list who doesn't like i like a top five list when it comes down to it so i, I got uh, some stuff together the good the bad and the ugliest of some team seasons uh what their records were last year what they thought they were going to do this year some win projections which is always a weird for me your, your win projected total because uh it's funny how the the talking heads and the prognosticators come up with those numbers they must have more time than i do or they have a huge staff i guess that, that helps out with that but it's always funny to, to go through these things and see how it all turned out and what they thought they were going to do and what they ended up doing so here it is my uh my top five list of, of uh voted by yours truly I, I didn't do any other research or just did the research myself about who uh who uh, i thought was a, a big disappointment so this is brent's top five list hope you get back to me on our on our comment section below or get back to us on our social media accounts or whatever you wherever you uh follow out the 1420 world uh, 1420 podcast and let us know what your thoughts are on my top five list it's greatly appreciate i like all the feedback that we get but anyways let's get to number five the uh, New York Yankees currently sit at 76 and 75. They last won a world championship in 2009, the first year at the New Yankee Stadium. Uh, last season, they finished at 99 and 63. They actually stumbled to that record last year. Aaron Judge pulled them to that that kind of a situation. They had a bad second half and it carried into into this season. The Talking Heads gave them a 12.4 percent chance to win the World Series uh, with a lineup of Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, and a pitching staff led by a perennial Cy Young contender Garrett Cole, offseason acquisitioner Carlos. Rodon, the Yankees faithful had really high hopes this year. I was, I wasn't one of them. The problem is in the Yankee land that they just aren't very good. They went into the season without a left fielder. They went into the season without a third baseman uh, in Josh Donaldson, and then they have a, a Nestor Cortez, who I figure was going to take a step back. Uh, then Rodon got hurt. Luis Severino took a, a step back as well. Uh, they had to have Judge in there. Obviously, they had, there was no doubt they're going to re-sign him, but there was, there, there was no way you would think that Judge would have had the same kind of a year that he had. Um, last season or, or this season as he did last year 62 home runs in the American League has only been done once and that was last year by Mr. Aaron Judge so there was no way without something going on that that team was going to uh do anything. Uh, Harrison Bader being hurt, inability to stay healthy in center field. They went They went with him. Uh, Volpe, who they had at, at uh, Pencil and the shortstop, has been better than, than I thought he was going to be, so that wasn't a big deal, but the problem that they got is that Giancarlo Stanton isn't very good. He's at the, he's, he's winding down. He should be find a way to buy him out. They're not going to, but the Yankees, uh, it's funny how people had them projected to go as high as they did, but I don't think the Yankees are very good. Uh, that's the problem, that to have that projection, they were going to do some damage. I guess if they would have stayed healthy, um, 
they had a Domingo Herman who did have the perfect game this year. He's out, out for the season with some alcohol issues. I hope things get better on his end. But the New York Yankees in general, they aren't very good. They won the division last year, but this year they just aren't good enough. And that, that's showing a lot. So disappointment for Yankee fans. Yes, uh, I think it's realistic, though. But I think there's people who thought that the Yankees were going to be a lot better. I think there were some Yankee fans who thought they'd be a lot better. I think the Yankees general or management thought they were going to be better. But the, the thing is, is that I don't think that they were a World Series contender this year. And they, and they just they proved that they weren't so um the, the thing is what when your team get is like this and they were like this for most of last season uh, they didn't got off that hot start in the 2022 year but this year they are they are who they are and the thing is that this yankee team is uh, flat out they're just mediocre and they just don't got it and they they, they uh I talked about it on Sunday how this Yankee team projects to do be worse next year, and they're, they're a 500 team this year. Maybe they got to win five more games this season to get to the 500 record. They, they haven't finished below 500 since 1992. Uh, year I graduated high school, man, that's a long, long time ago. So that might come to an end. So that's uh, the number five most disappointing team in baseball by it. By like, I, I'm disappointed they're, they're not, not a playoff team because baseball is better when the Yankees are, are in it. Uh, for me, because there is a hatred for the Yankees. They not, nothing brings two people together more like the hatred of a third. Right, so it's one of those things. So that's my number five team uh, this year for number for uh, most disappointing teams. Number four on my list, the St. Louis Cardinals. Last World Series championship came in 2011. Had a record of 93 and 69 last season. Good for first in the National League Central. They currently have a record of 67 84 and sit in last place in that same National League Central. That's crazy to think they were first first to worst this time. The last time that happened was back in 1990 when uh, the Marlins, Rockies, Rays, and Diamondbacks didn't even exist. If you find that. Uh, crazy, and they finished the record uh, 70-92 in what was Whitey Herzog's last season manager in St. Louis. Uh, obviously, Cardinals great. Whitey Herzog. Uh, the Cards were projected to have a 92-70 and 70 record this season. Started out 10-19 and 19 and never got going really after that. Uh, Last year they had they had a little bit of a boost when two two uh, Cardinals legends uh, were on a farewell tour in the second half of last season, leading them into the playoffs. Uh, Albert Pujols, Yadi Molina, uh, there wasn't going to be easy. Wilson Contreras got going pretty decent this season. Uh, was brought in, although he's bit 20 home runs, hitting above average. Uh, 265, not enough. Nolan Arenado's had a rough year this year, not uh, going up to his uh, usual standards. He's, he's a projected hall, uh, second, third, third battle Hall of Fame kind of guy. Pitching staff's been terrible. They've, they've been terrible at missing bats. They, they, they throw pitches in the strike zone. They don't miss too many bats, so that's the problem there. When you're lying, relying on a 42-year-old uh, Adam Wainwright to uh, to be your fourth or fifth starter, it's a recipe for disaster, and, that, and that's what they got. Um, playoffs are looking like a pipe dream. They, they're perennial playoff contenders year in, year out. Um, the writing was definitely in the wall trade deadline when they, they traded, uh, who was it? Uh, Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Hicks to, at the deadline. The Cardinals, duh, they don't, don't improve. They didn't do anything the, the Cardinal way, as they always call it, the Cardinal way out there in, in St. Louis. They got a great fan base and they, things are going well, but eventually you do got to take a, a step back. Um, you got to think they got to improve their, their uh, pitching staff right off the bat. That's the first thing that they, they got to do for next season or else they'll find themselves in the exact same predicament that they're in this year. Uh, maybe go out and get a, a Blake Snell at the, at the in the offseason they're going to overpay everybody overpays for pitchers and maybe um i think that i still think marcus stroman is going to opt out and he's going to get paid and maybe he'll end up uh, going to the most heated rival from the cubs to the 
to the St. Louis Cardinals. So I just like, you, you like to see the Cardinals in it. They have their class organization. They don't do too many things wrong. They just uh, didn't have it this year and their pitching staff just wasn't good enough. And that, and that showed uh, early when you go, we start off, when you start off slow at 10 and 19 or whatever it was, uh, it's hard to get back into the race and it's hard to get yourself into a situation where you're going to be a playoff contender. Making up nine games after a month is tough. It, it has been done, obviously. It's been done a, long, a lot, but you got to be at about 500, one or two games around there all year long because to get to, to nine or 10 games above, that means you got to go 18 games above. It's just math again, kids. And I, the, the Cardinals just couldn't uh, find their way out of that. Number three on my list of uh, teams that just disappointed this season, uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, baseball's longest uh, dry spell between world champions. Last win was in 1948. They uh, had a record of 92 and 70 last season, won the AL Central. They currently have a record of 72 and 80, good for second in the division. Terrible division. They were projected to uh, match the record of last year and go 91 71. So basically the same thing. Uh, being a year older and year wiser one would have think that they thought that they would have been, had a better season and had had a chance to uh, go to the ALCS ALDS as they did last year when they actually took the Yankees to five games of year series that they probably could have won they probably got stomped by the, the Astros as well just as the Yankees did but they're looking like they're ready to take the next step and maybe return and go to the World Series since they did in 2016 won the best World Series nostalgic World Series that they had in the, against the Cubs which the Cubs won in seven games uh you know, and with an erratic Minnesota Twins team, you don't know where you're getting with the Twins. I thought that the, the, the Guardians would have been there again. They're a young, energetic team. They could pitch, they, but they don't hit well enough. They have a lot of uh, situations going on out there. Uh, their last World Series, uh, it's a long, long time it's, uh, that since they've been, since they won one. So you got to think that they have a chance to do something this year. And t- uh, Tony Francona's crew wasn't able to repeat. Uh, things haven't gone so well in Cleveland this year. Uh, maybe small market thing is finally catching up with them. Jose Ramirez has been great as well, but the rest of the team doesn't hit very well. They don't produce. They produce like a pea shooter kind of deal. They have no offense whatsoever. They only have one guy over 20 home runs, and a batting average below 250, a team batting average below 250. Uh, and that's what you get when you have that kind of a team. Then you add the bullpen has blown 28 saves and 72 opportunities. No wonder the record is what it is. Emmanuel Classe himself has double-digit blown saves, and so it just hasn't went went well for their for them. The, their bullpen's given up 64 home runs this year. Uh, Shane Bieber's been average at best, and uh, Cal Quantrill, that's just what you're going to get out of him. So basically, if your team doesn't hit very well, doesn't pitch it very well, this is what you're going to get. And uh, their record of 72 and 80 currently, show, that's what, who, who they are, and that's what you're going to get when you don't hit it and you don't pitch it. This this is who you are, and that's what you get with the Cleveland Guardians, and they'll be going to another year or two or maybe six in the small market team. Teams crying small market. To, I don't get that anymore because you have a lot of teams that are small market that, that find a way. The Baltimore Orioles, Tampa Bay Rays, year in, year out, they find ways to get to to get themselves to uh, contention, especially the Rays, not so much the Orioles. That Orioles team, they won again last night in uh, in Houston. It's funny to, to watch that, uh, that uh, Houston team kind of uh, – falling apart a little bit of the scenes. There are some disparaging comments between teammates to the media last night. The guy's not being prepared to go and everything else at this point of the season. So you wonder how that's all going to play out for the uh, Houston Astros. Once again, I have forgiven, but I will never forget 2017. 2017, I've forgiven, but I'll never forget. Anyways, number two on my list uh, of most disappointing teams is the New York Metropolitans. Last time the New York Mets won a World Series was 1986 when they beat the Boston Red Sox and was widely uh, widely blamed on Bill Buckner. Take a look at it. It wasn't Buckner's fault. A lot of stuff happened before that ball went through Buckner's legs. But that's another story for another day. Anyways, the Mets currently sit with a record of 1781, which is far below the 90 and 72 record they're projected to have. Uh, they, they had a great year last year. They kind of blew it last year, but they had a record of 101 and 61. So to go to, uh, to a 30 loss or a 30 win draw 
up in a season is something else. You have to think uh, that didn't go very well, but beat Mets being the Mets, you had to think that uh, things were going to go sideways for the Mets in the World Baseball Classic. Edwin Diaz went down celebrating, hurt his knee. He was out for the season right off the bat, but you thought that maybe, maybe uh, the billionaire owner Steve Cohn's billions of dollars might have saved the team a little bit. He could have made a deal here. They went out and got a Verlander, as you know, and uh, and uh, added Max Scherzer to the one-two punch. A lot of people thought that was going to be the best uh, the best one-two punch in baseball, but it didn't work out. They were good, not great for the eighty million bucks, whatever it was that they're paying those two. The bullpen uh, kind of did did okay, led by Adam Ottavino and David Robinson. I thought they they that they would do a lot better with how it went. Uh, it just didn't go as well. I've always liked David Robertson. He was heir apparent. Remember to Mariano Rivera. I thought the Yankees kind of gave up on him a little too early. And Adam Ottavino is Adam Ottavino. He just doesn't miss many bats. He uh, he's, he was really good a few years ago. He's remember he said he would strike out Babe Ruth. He probably would with that. He had some nasty stuff coming out of the bullpen, but one of those things. But they just weren't good enough with Diaz out of the lineup. Uh, Plate the defending batting champion Jeff McNeil is hitting 269 with 10 home runs. Far cry from last year. We hit three 326. Pete Alonso's only hitting 221 compared to 271 last year. Batting average still matters to me, everybody. You guys know how I feel about the metrics and everything else. If you get on base, you have a better better chance to win. And the, the, the Mets just haven't been, been doing it all. Uh, they're, they're offensively, the team's not very good, ranking 13th in batting average at uh, in the National League at 239 and 11th in runs scored. So that all adds up right there with the Mets being the Mets and with the team selling at the trade deadline as they did. And then with Robertson being the first one to go to the Marlins. And then they had... Um, Basically, then Verlander, or not Verlander so much, but Scherzer, he kind of had a little bit of hissy fit with the owners. They shipped him out. Now he's out for the season. So it's just a, the Mets going to be the Mets. And you, you wonder where they're going to go next year. They uh, Steve Cohen, he said that basically they, they were going to win a World Series within the first three to five years of his tenure as the owner of the uh, of the, the New York Metropolitans. And I don't think that's going to happen. It's, not, it's obviously not happening this year. And I think this is the third year of his uh, of his tenure as the owner. Uh, money's no object, this guy, but he's kind of got to be a little bit... Um, uh, uh, got to watch the pocketbook a little bit, but uh, their, their minor league system wasn't very good, so they made some deals at the deadline. They improved their minor league system, so basically they they mail it in for next year. Maybe 2025 is the year that New York Metro- Metropolitans might br- bring a, a championship to Chase, uh, to, not Chase Field, to City Field. Chase Field's in Arizona. Nice field, actually. I, I like going there. They're, 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 they might be moving, but anyways, uh, to City Field in, in Flushing, Queens, and uh, you, you wonder how that's all going to add up for the for the uh, New York Metropolitans and their, their fan base out there in Queens in Flushing, Queens, New York. Uh, it's just that the Mets are going to met. It's one of those things that you just to predicting how they're going to, to turn out. You, you just could turn on that TV, they're going to lose. It's just the Mets, right? And anyways, number one on my list of most disappointing teams. I alluded to it earlier on in the, in the podcast and on the, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as we uh, we really appreciate everybody's, uh, everybody's support to our show. But uh, basically, uh, number one most disappointing teams. I don't think anybody can argue this one. The San Diego Padres. The San Diego they, Padres came into this season loaded with superstar talent and expectations uh, in their in their uh, long illustrious history they ran into the Detroit Tigers in the roar of 84 and you guessed it uh, and uh, they've also played the New York Yankees in uh, 2000 uh, two, uh, no, 1998 sorry where they lost in four games to that, that powerhouse uh, uh, Yankees team uh, currently they have a record of 74 and 78 20 games back yep 20 games back of the National League leading uh, National League leading uh, 
geez, I'm just stumbling off the ghost all of a sudden. National League leading Los Angeles Dodgers. You thought that 93, like the 93 and 69 record that they had last year, you thought they would improve on that. Uh, the, the whole thing going with them is that they, they just, uh, they have a team of superstars uh, right, right through the line. They're great pitching the whole way through. Yeah, pet, the people at Petco Park expected a lot more. You thought they would have a chance to do something, to do some damage this year. Expectations were high. Line that includes uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and a pitching staff of uh, the aforementioned Blake Snell is going to win the uh, the National League Cy Young Award. There's no way he's not. He's the best pitcher in the National League. He's doing it at the right time. He's up for a new contract. Yeah, they're, they're a great baseball team. They're great. They have a great team a set of baseball players. That's the problem with, with the San Diego Padres. They don't have a great baseball team. They have a great uh, a great pitching staff of of you Darvish, like I said, Blake Snell, Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, and Joe Musgrove. Throw in Josh Hader, one of the best in the business. He's got a 1.24 ERA out of the out of the bullpen, out of the, in the closer role with 30, yes, 30 saves on that team. Five blown saves, which happens there, uh, year in, year out. There's no way that this uh, team with those beautiful brown pipe pinstripes with the yellow trim should be in last place or in second last place in the National League West. Um, they have an owner willing to spend a lot of money. Remember back in uh, the offseason, they were in on the air and judge sweepstakes right to the end. You would have thought that they would have, if they would have had something going on, they would have added pieces at the deadline, but it just has not worked for the, for the, um, for, for for the Padres, and it's odd because you look at all the stats and everything that goes on with that team. They have the second lowest DRA in, in uh, the National League this year. Right now, they've given up the fewest hits, the fewest home runs, and struck up more batters than any other uh, team in the National League. They they hit it well. They have all everything going on right for them. So where did the Padres go wrong? I'm glad you asked. Well, this team is exactly what you get when you throw – talent together without a team mentality and a team um, a team metric. They, 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 they don't play baseball well in late innings. They're 0-11 in extra inning games. They're 6-22 in one-run games. And until this six-game win streak that they're on right now, they didn't have a four-game winning streak all season long until this point in the season. So th- there it is in a nutshell. They get too many t- t- two strikeouts. They get too many ground ball outs at, at opportune times. They don't they don't play well at late in late in games. They don't hit the ball the other way. They don't play as a team. They don't uh, do things for, for themselves. They play for the, the, the numbers in the back of their baseball card and they don't do anything to uh, to improve the, the team standing and they, and they want to just they're, they're a group of individuals. And yes, baseball is an individual individualistic sport. I understand that 100%, but you need to have a team metric and a team mentality. You want to win win baseball games and, and to play for the team pitcher and not for your own pitcher. And that's kind of what the San Diego Padres are right now. The Padres have a team that just doesn't play baseball for the team. And I hate to admit, admit that my, uh, my wife is right about this one. You got to play as a team, and the Padres—they just don't. They—they—they they, they don't do it. They swing for the fences when they could a base hit would do. They don't take the, that outside pitch the other way and get a base hit. They—they they just aren't very good. They care about themselves. They're since they started talk, to talking stats. Uh, it's just one of those teams that doesn't do well in close games in the late innings. And so they're one of the worst teams to do that since they started taking those stats it's since 1969. The Padres just don't got it. It's too bad because the the, the people of San Diego, they have a, a great fan base. They're a great following. And they have an owner that's willing to spend, but they got, they're got they spending it all on all the wrong guys. And the Padres, to me, have are, are in a situation now where what do you what do? You do? Do, you, do, you, do you let Soto walk? Do you let Snell walk? Do you go all the other way? Because all that money is spent. Like, you just say, oh, well, we tried for one year and then that's it. So the Padres, to me, 
are the most disappointing team in baseball uh, this season, and uh, there's no turning back. And maybe the Padres are like the Mets. The Padres are just going to Padre. There's a re- maybe there's a reason why the Padres have not won themselves a world championship yet and only been twice in there since 1969 when they came into the league. Um, that's a long time ago. That's 54 years and only been only been in the World Series twice and actually only 16 winning series seasons, I think, and have a, have a record like they do this year. It goes to show that that team just isn't built to win with the individuals they got on that team. Tatis Jr. to me is a cancer. Machado, there's a reason why every team kind of passed on him a little bit. He's a hell of a talent. There's no getting around that. But yeah, he's the kind of guy that's uh, there for himself. And a lot of the, you, you hate to say, be the old man, get off my lawn guy, but a lot of these guys are such, they're such blowhards and they're such uh, me, me, me guys. And that's today's modern athlete to an extent. Not, they're not all like that. There's a lot of guys like, like to win. People had Bryce Harper in that kind of, in the, uh, in that situation. But you look at Harper, he, how he took that Phillies team on his back and damn near won a world series last year. And the Phillies are right back in it this year when he came back a little bit early from his injury and how they've, they've uh, found their way to get into a, a wild card spot and are looking to do some damage and return to the world series again this year. So there's a modern day athlete who uh, acts like Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado, and then there's a modern-day athlete who acts like the, the Bryce Harper of the world. So uh, it's one of those things that you, you, you hope that the Padres can find a way and the pot to, to find a way into a, a contention next year and over maybe overtake that uh, Dodgers team, maybe take a page out of, out of the Dodgers book, and you look how that team can find a way to win every year and with the talent they got with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and the like and how they find a way to get into the playoffs every year. They haven't been, uh, won, won a bunch of World Series yet, but you, you, you think that the, uh, the Padres might want to look at how their metrics are done and how the team is built like the Dodgers have done for many years in that National League West. But anyways, there's my top five disappointing, most disappointing teams. Make sure you comment in the comment section below what I, what you think about how that how it was all shaped up, how it all uh, got put together. But there it is. That's uh, for your listening pleasure on wherever you get your, your podcast or everything else. But anyways, make sure you get back to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, here is a little word from our friends at SeatGeek. The Foul Baller. If there's a ball that's gone foul, he's gone to get it. Under his watchful gaze, all bevs, binoculars, and ballpark brats are safe. He's the only thing that stands between his section and certain destruction. That's why he only trusts SeatGeek with his tickets. The ticketing app trusted by fans. SeatGeek, so fans can fan. Anyways, here, thank you. Thank you very much for our, our, our friends at SeatGeek. Uh, use promo code 1420pod at SeatGeek.com today. It is and save yourself 20 bucks. You guys you guys know the spiel, but for our new listeners, uh, there there you go. You go use SeatGeek and get yourself, some, uh, get yourself some baseball tickets for the weekend. Or maybe some football tickets. Lots going on there, too. Yeah, Jesus, that's crazy. With the people fighting in the stands. We talked about it yesterday, but that doesn't much matter. Uh, anyways, on this day in 1968, New York Yankees legend Mickey Mantle hit home run number 536 and the last one of his career in the Yankees' 4-3 loss to the Boston Red Sox in front of 15,737 people at Yankee Stadium in New York. Mantle's home run, his 18th of the season, came with nobody on and two out in the third inning off of Jim Lomborg. Mantle played 18 years in the big leagues, all with the Yankees, and was an all-star 16 times in those 18 years. Had a career batting average of 290 won three MVPs and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1974. There it is, Yankee, uh, the great one of the greatest Yankees ever, and that says that, that says a lot. Number seven, Mickey Mantle, last home run on this day in 1968. There, one of the yeah, one of the all-time greats. Still, uh, people still talk very well about the, the Mick and uh, not about his off off uh, his off uh, his off-field antics, but his on-field antics. Mickey was one of the best. And happy 
Birthday to John Tavares, born on this day in Mississauga, Ontario, 1990. Tavares was drafted third overall by the New York Islanders in the 2009 entry draft and played on the island for nine seasons before signing with his hometown and childhood favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, on July 1st, 2018. The current Leafs captain has played in 1,029 games, recording 427 goals, 548 assists for 975 points thus far in his career, and played in six All-Star games so far, and scored the uh, the OT winner to send the Leafs to the second round for the first time in a long, long time this last postseason. Hockey season is getting going here in the next few days, so happy birthday to John Tavares, born on this day in 1990 in Mississauga, Ontario. Anyways, there it is today, folks. Uh, make sure you guys, uh, yeah, I, we appreciate everything that's going to happen. Uh, lots going on. Uh, that's it for today, I think. But back tomorrow morning and then tomorrow night with Dave, we got something uh, cooking. We always got something cooking here at 1420 World Headquarters. But anyways, thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you, uh, you subscribe and like and retweet and all that stuff and follow uh, bellyupsports.com. Go check out all those great articles, like I said earlier on. But uh, thought we'd give this top five thing a go. It worked out pretty well. Uh, there's there's a little bit of work on my end, but I don't mind doing it for for you guys and everything else. So anyways, that's it for today. And uh, as always, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.